On this week's episode, we are completely horrified by the disgusting Albert Fish and are shocked that someone had the nerve to make a movie about him with 2009's The Gray Man. So please stop doing that weird thing with straight pins and meet us in the pod shed. We're trying not to throw up our Manhattans and talking about murder. Welcome back to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your other host, Bailey. I'm the other host. It's me. <laughs> Welcome to episode 15. Working our way closer to 20 every day. Every day. Should we do... Wait, 20? 420? I guess it doesn't matter. I'm like, it's not going to be April. <laughs> I know, but I just got excited because 20 is in it. The yeah. 20th episode. All right. Well, the 20s aren't too exciting. We're about to get into that. <laughs> Man, maybe one day when we've done this for 75 years and we hit episode 420, we'll have right, to do yeah. something big. <laughs> um, we'll be way out of true crime cases by then oh and gosh. movies. Uh, how is your week going? What You have all kinds of... Dude, so much has happened in a week. I know. So I only work two days. <laughs> yes. We've been on um, a kitty vacation. Yes. Mimosa is now fixed and chipped and a total pain in my ass. But she looks so cute with her cone she on. She looks so cute with the world's smallest cone. Mm-hmm. So just to give you guys a perspective, my coworker has a miniature wiener dog. Right. Super small dogs. Mm -hmm. I asked to borrow the cone from when she got her dog fixed, thinking that's going to be small enough. A wiener dog head, a kitten head. How how different can they be? I would assume. Yeah. Way off. (laughs) It's still too big. So big. So freaking big. Is it because cats can naturally squish themselves in and out of things? I think think? so. I really do. Because even like her kitten collar just slides right off of her freaking head. So the vet was like, we'll try. (laughs) Yeah, so that didn't work out so hot. But while she was on lockdown for a whole day, what did we get to do? We did Bee's hair. Hey. We took Bee from a blonde that had some color underneath it to a full head of blues and purples and teals. And we'll post before and after pictures on our Instagram. It's pretty exciting. This is, I've always been the one with crazy hair colors. I've always been the one with all of those. Yeah fucking hair colors in my head but b who's always had kind of conservative hair she's really jumping off the deep end here so when i sent my mom the picture she's like oh my god you wanted blue hair since you were 12 years old oh literally 12 years old which is funny because b is naturally a blonde and then we highlight her even blonder so you could have easily had blue hair at any point in your life i know my parents would never let me for some reason which was so funny i'm like so you're gonna let me drink and do drugs but dyeing my hair is just really going over the that's too much (laughs) they're like think about having a job and your responsibilities and in all 12 and 15 in all fairness to them Uh, back then that was a valid argument because these hair colors were not just like tattoos right they weren't acceptable but now you can have jobs with crazy hair colors piercings tattoos and you've as dyed, it should be. You've dyed my hair brown, so it's not like I haven't been dark before. And that's what I think I like most about this hair color is, is that uh huh yeah yeah that was I wasn't so much um, I wasn't worried about anything, but the color 
other choice wasn't what I was thinking about. It's because I knew how dark of a blue and it was. And I wasn't expecting that. And I was like, it's going to be the darkest hair color bees ever had. And I love it. Yeah, you look I great. Your it. eyes are popping. You're I, I will say I look a little pasty. <laughs> I look a little yeah, pale. But, when are, first, but nothing, nothing some bronzer can't help. And also, you're talking to the queen of, of pasty. pale skin. <laughs> pasty. Pale skin and dark hair. I love it. Right, Welcome to my world. Skin. This is the closest we've ever looked alike. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because B's a natural blonde. I'm a natural, not just a brunette, but dark, dark, mm-hmm. dark brunette. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I, I have had years of the crazy colors right now. My hair is my natural dark, dark hair color, but I have blues and teals Mm -hmm. inside. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is, yeah, this is probably the closest we ever look because we both have blue eyes. Now we Mm -hmm. both have the dark hair and blue. It's the only hair color that's gotten a reaction out of Violet. Well, I would fucking hope so. Right, it's about time. Would we have to shave your head? (laughs) Seriously. The look she gave me was like, who? What? Oh, yeah. She's like, I thought you were Wesley's mom. I'm like, I really doubt Wesley's mom has <laughs> this color hair, but we'll go with it. What? Now you're going to have Wesley's not. mom, and she's going to have blue mm-hmm. hair, and you're going to feel real dumb. Well, Wesley, to be fair, looked at me today, and he's like, did your hair get bluer? Wesley knows what's up. His mom's probably cool as fuck. So, yeah, there's that. That's great. It's been a big, exciting week. How was your last time we did our podcast? You hadn't had your wedding anniversary yet. Oh, yeah, that was a blackout. <laughs> that was a blacked out good time because we came here for the birthday party first. Yep, for my daughter's birthday party, which was fun and cute, went great. Everyone looked good in their costumes. Mm-hmm. We did our pregame. And if you saw the picture of B on Instagram wearing her creepy clown costume, that was at my daughter's birthday party. Well, and that's what Nick and I had talked about the following day, just how great it was that I got to wear like three costumes, right? Yeah, because then for we date podcasted, night. <laughs> we podcasted Friday, then I had the birthday outfit, and then for date night, yeah, I busted out the Freddy Krueger outfit. Her sexy Freddy. <laughs> she had like on a tight mini skirt, but then the Freddy sweater, mm-hmm. Freddy hat. Yeah. And some very sultry red lips, which I don't bring out often because they're a pain in the ass. But yeah. What a time. Yeah. They rode bikes. They got drunk. Mm -hmm. Watched some scary movies. The rest is all a blackout good time. But we made it home. Amen. Couldn't ask for anything more. And they had a babysitter. So. And I didn't puke in your front yard. For once. I know. It's it's been a while. <laughs> Normally when B gets blacked out drunk with her husband, she throws up in my front yard because it's right next to her front yard and it's as far as she can make it. Yeah, I'm like, really, why can't I just puke in my own yard? But yours is way more convenient. Well, whatever. You have to clean it up regardless. So does it matter if it's my yard or your yard? Amen. <laughs> Amen. I have not been up to that much fun stuff. Um we went and saw the movie Tenet. Which I know I've already talked to you about. Your description of it is priceless. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what I watched, but would I watch it again? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Okay, so our movie theater here, in, at least where Northern California reopened, but it is COVID friendly. It's being sanitized every half hour. And then the You seating, have to buy your tickets in advance. You have correct? to buy your tickets in advance. You have to wear your mask until you're seated in your spot. And then the way they do seating is every other row. And then it's like however many seats in between purchase seats. So we had nobody around us. And you even commented how clean it smelled. It smelled very clean. It looked very clean. Um, 
no, they're running a tight ship over there. Mm-hmm. So I felt as comfortable as I'd feel anywhere else right now during yeah, COVID. Of course. Um, anyways, we've been wanting to see it's the new Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet. It stars Robert Pattinson, and I cannot remember the other actor's name, but he's from the show Ballers, and he does a great job as his first kind of big movie. Which both of our husbands watch and love. Yep. And Robert Pattinson does a great job. Definitely could watch him do anything right. for Shocker. two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the movie's about. <laughs> No idea. This is where it gets me. Great movie. Great movie. And spoiler alert, guys. It's about time travel, which already confuses me a lot. Like, Back to the Future confuses me, and that's fun time travel. This shit is like the physics of time travel. I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about? If I want to talk about science, I'll go back to school. Oh, my Lord. I had no idea what anybody was saying. But it was great. Right. <laughs> the way they said it is all that counts. And like I got I kind of knew the big picture of what was happening. But any of the details are lost on me. <laughs> all of them. They could have made this movie in <coughs> Spanish and I would have understood the same amount of shit they were talking about. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But it's a great movie. Go see it. <laughs> if you go see it high, you might have a panic attack. Maybe no shit. Leave it in the comment what the fuck it's about. <laughs> Please, somebody mansplain to us what Tenet's about. My husband swears that he knows what it's about, but he still hasn't broken it down for me yet, which makes me believe that Do you have he any, also doesn't know. Any guess what the meaning of the title is? Like, Tenet? No. I'm thinking of, like, a, you're renting something, like you're a tenant. I think they explain it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember. <laughs> I think they do explain. What... Oh, no, no, no. Tenet's a secret word. Because oh. the whole thing is this, like, top secret whatever bullshit cia yada 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 i'll take it and so the main dude in it is like an agent or whatever and if he tenant is the word you use (laughs) to like find out if somebody else is in on this whole thing nice but just because you use the word and just because they know what the word means you don't know if they're like on your side or not because maybe they're the tenant or whatever yeah, yeah like they might be wanting it like is all leading to like the destruction of the world. So they yeah. might want that to happen or okay. they might be on your side trying to stop it. See, you knew more about it than you remembered. We just got to <sighs> I knew what the words meant. the right questions. <laughs> I know Robert Pattinson looks great. What else what else do you need in a movie? No. Um and then I meant to write down the Netflix movie I watched and I forgot what it was. It's mm-hmm. It was pretty good though. Okay. About the that was the one about the ki- the girls and there's like Oh, yep. The mm-hmm. teenagers dying in like satanic cults. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what it's called. It's on Netflix. It's great. I tried watching Haunting of Bly Manor. I made it through two episodes. I didn't like it. So it's boring. It's funny that you say that because we had talked about it last week kind of excited, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew you were going to watch it. And I saw a TikTok oh. of a girl who had just finished it and she was sad. And she's like, Do I look scared? Do I look fucking suspended? Like, no, I look fucking sad. <laughs> like, this shit was depressing. Yeah, I saw a lot of reviews that said, it's not scary. It's just like, a, it's like a love story or it's this or it's that. I'm like, well. With like some spooky, like eeriness to it. But yeah, that's not what we're here for, no. Netflix. Scare Get it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. that's why I stopped watching it because I yep. wasn't scared even one time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, then what are we doing? And then I was right. So Hulu does have their own little situation going on where they're doing like either short films or like little series where each episode's different. Oh. I have not not started it yet is it like scary it's supposed to be okay mm-hmm. and then prime also has a bunch of um 
original content out, like new movies that they've Ooh. done, Black Box, and a bunch of stuff that I'm supposed to look into. Yeah, because I know every year on Hulu is Huluween. Right. And then there'll be like scary movies that you've probably already seen and stuff like that. No, so. this is definitely all original content. Did right? you ever watch Light as a Feather? No. That one was okay. Okay. It I was... thought it would be like too corny, cheesy. Eh, yeah. you know. If you're in the mood for that. No, oh, of course. For some like daytime. Right. You know, you get that little like kind of Halloween fix, but it's not I mean, if we're going to go into reviews, I did get the opportunity to watch The Boy, right? Like oh, I that's had right. Like I told you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how did I describe it? Um, Like suspenseful, not scary. It's not a horror movie. Not a horror movie. No one gets killed. Yeah. I mean, that's what I need. Yeah, so, but then what... People die, but they don't get killed. But then there's, like, movies where it's, like, really scary haunting movies and nobody actually dies, but you still get scared. See, for me, that's a suspenseful thriller. That's not a horror. No, horror to me is, like, I want to see, like, an object pierce the flesh. and like bodies hit the Yeah, I need need bodies. bodies. Mm -hmm, Because that's horror. Like, I'm horrified watching it versus like oh i'm scared i got tingles well you're talking to somebody who got horrified by a fake alien movie right. but people I'm did still... die in that people do die mm-hmm. in the fourth kind so. and i really tried to get that to be the vote for the movie to watch but i was outnumbered but we did watch one br never heard of it which i hadn't either i have no clue is that like one bedroom exactly mm. like you're gonna rent a one bedroom apartment mm-hmm. and it took twists that i didn't see coming whoa and it got violent i would describe it as a horror what was that movie on? or is it just a nick movie no we were watching it through the streaming thing voodoo oh yeah so i don't know if it's a free movie or if you have to rent it or mm-hmm. buy it but that's what we watched it through and is there anybody that we know in no. it? no all b-list or yep. unknowns yep Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about it going into it. The trailer looked intriguing and it went in different direct. Like none of us saw the ending. Oh. We were all just like, what? Okay. Crazy. I'll yeah. watch it. Mm-hmm. Good no. Halloween movie. Yeah, that I would give it because I was like, there were parts of the movie where I was upset. <laughs> oh, it's hard to upset. Like I'm yelling at the TV. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Love it. I've just been watching. Um, I'm back on my Great British Bake Off. Not just the new episodes, but um, I'm starting back. I watch the new episode every Friday. And then I watch in between. I've been watching like last season and I'll start working my way backwards. But it's just uh, it's a stressful time in my life. And Great British Bake Off is just the medicine I need. So is it even though they're doing it COVID style, you're still getting everything you it's need all the same. out of it? Yeah. It's all the same. You can't tell. And even seeing and even the last season and um, there's been so many seasons and so many challenges that you can watch a season a few times and still forget. Like by the time yeah. you go to rewatch it. You know, you kind of forget what happened. Right. Like been... you forgot all the first four seasons of Married at First Sight trying to convince me I've seen shit I haven't. Exactly. Uh, so, um, yeah, I've been watching a lot of Great British Bake Off because it's a calm, any favorites British show. I can't remember anybody who's on it right now, so don't do that to me. Well, you don't need to name anybody, but just do you personally have like someone that you think? Yes. Yeah, there's, perfect. There's That's somebody it. I like. I don't know if they're mm-hmm. a good enough baker. That's all I need. The season I'm so the current season fine, and then I'm rewatching 
uh, collection because mm-hmm. in England they call it collection. Love that because there's so much class. Collection seven, right. which was last year's, and there's a girl. I already know who wins. There's a girl on it who's like a goth, and every year for her is or every day is Halloween. Yeah. And she's just super kind of campy, gothy, cool. And so all of her bakes, she gets kicked out like halfway through. Yeah. But all of her bakes are like, it's a ghost cake. It's a spider That's cookie. That's going to get it's, you kicked off. You got to have range, bitch. No, I know. But they like what she does. I it's, bet. At the end of the day, if, if, she, if you have a bad day, you have a bad day. You get yeah. kicked off. But they never like um, look down upon her. They okay. like that she's so different. Okay. And one of the hosts, Noel... He's a famous British stand-up comedian, but he's also an artist, but he's the same way. He's very, like, gothy, alternative art dude. And so to watch the two of them together is – he's like, I "I love you. Yeah, I bet. He's like, I don't care what they say. Yeah, it could taste like garbage. This witch's fingers cookies you made are really doing it for me. This is perfect. Well, that's cute. So she's my favorite, but she doesn't win. Obviously. That's okay. It would be amazing if she did, though. Yeah. Um, And then also I'm reading – Bedwetter by Sarah Silver Sil- Silverman. I almost said Silverstein. Silver- Silverman. Silverman. The Sarah comedian. Silverman. Yes. Yes. It's like her autobiography. Okay. In fact, I'll give it to you when I'm done. I'll totally You'll like read it because I've read all of Chelsea Handler's books. So, And I've never read any of Chelsea's. So tell me if it's this way. Basically, Sarah's is like just snippets of her life. It's, Stories. Yeah. Told from a comedian's point of view. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it's really cool because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her childhood, there's some things that you really feel a lot of empathy for her. And there are some touching stuff in there, even mm-hmm. though she still is like throwing around, or throwing around the word cunt and making it funny. But it's like very, it's stories that you like, you know, are heartfelt. You know, there's something behind it. But then yeah. she goes into, because she's old school stand up. She started in like the late 80s, early 90s in New York. So she came up, she dated Dave Attell. Yep. She came up with Louis C.K. and Kevin Nealon and all these guys. So um, to hear those stories of when she was like a broke comic with an apartment in New York yeah. with like what ended up being the world's best comedians. I got side-eyed by Whitney Cummings at the Punchline in oh. Sacramento. Did you say something? No. But we got there at the perfect timing and we got to sit literally like up right next to the stage. And it's such a small, intimate yeah, little... Punchline pe- is my favorite comedy club. Love it, right? Yeah. And again... How do you think I was dressed? Yeah. Right? Just fucking decked out like I was going to Hollywood or something. Yep. (laughs) Literally in the shadiest part of Sacramento. Like, we're getting dressed to go out and they're talking about a shooting at the Arden Mall. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, we're going to have dinner right down the street. That's so funny. And I'm just in my heels and my jewelry and everything. And uh, she was making a joke about girls like that. Whoops. Yep. (laughs) And I'm not that girl. So I was laughing. I totally get the joke. But the look that she gave me and the way that she just looked me up and down, Nick just about lost it. Yeah. It was everything. That's so funny. I never thought about it because I'm obviously so used to you. But yeah, it's so funny because Bailey's pretty much like a tomboy in a very pretty package. Right. Any other time I would have just been in like holy dirty sweatpants and like a sports bra a horror movie themed t-shirt exactly but it's date night so it's like gotta dress up baby it's the opportunity it's almost like me dressing up every friday for this right it's like playing dress up what more do you want what else are you supposed to wear your high heels exactly so, yeah. but yes, that's one of our favorite like date night stories is when it's I got so fucking side She's all this blonde <laughs> bitch. That's funny. But I do. I, I 
we've discussed how it's hard with female comedians Mm-hmm. And she can get it sometimes. I can really appreciate her comedy. So I'd love to read the book. I loved, oh, Sarah Silverman? Yeah. I think she's one of the best. Mm-hmm. She's one of the ones that consistently makes me laugh probably more than most female comedians mm-hmm. who I can find hit or miss a little bit. Um, but honestly, that's how I feel about comedians in general right now, just because I'm so used to podcasts. I listen to so many of my favorite comedians' podcasts yeah. that now when I listen to their stand-up, I have a hard time yeah. because I'm used to their normal voices, not their stand-up voices. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, our, mine my husband's favorite comedian for the longest time has been Tom Segura, mm-hmm. and we've seen him multiple times live. I love his stand-up, mm-hmm. but I listen to his podcast so much now that when one of his stanza stand-ups come out on netflix it doesn't hit the same i know because it feels like he's doing an affected voice but that's just his stage voice that's how he talks on stage versus when he's just doing a podcast Mm -hmm. so and there's another thing i love his wife i love her on the podcast and the podcast they do together not a huge fan of her stand-up i'm not a big fan of her right so it's just it's so hard so i really appreciate some what's crazy about his wife is i remember her on road rules Shut up. No, because I watched every season of Road Rules. And I didn't, when I first started watching, because I watch on YouTube, yeah. and I started seeing her, I'm like, why does she look so familiar? Wow. And then they finally brought up her Road Rules Yeah, past no, I didn't know that. And showed the clips. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was, she was Road Rules Australia. Okay. Yeah, she was a hot piece of ass, too. Have you ever seen her from Road Rules Days? No. She was, uh, I mean, she's still beautiful, but she Obviously. was a, She was so far out of Tom Segura's league. Oh, Tommy. I can't believe he got her. <laughs> she was a smoke show. Obviously, it's his sense of humor. Obviously. <laughs> All right. Speaking of sense of humor, <laughs> let's get into Let's this. get ready for the worst fucking case we've ever done. Ooh. Who's ready? We are doing this week. I'm trying to ramp it up. It's spooky season. It's October. So I was going to ask, like, obviously, you knew at some point we were going to hit this. Why you decided to throw this in now? I don't know. It just felt, first of all, I didn't realize how brutal it was. Okay. I, I've i actually never heard a podcast episode about it. Wow. Um, That doesn't mean that they're not out there. Yeah. It just means the few podcasts I've listened to haven't, haven't done it. I wonder why. But the girls on My Favorite Murder talk about him a lot. Okay. Not in a joking way, but, you know, he his name gets brought up quite a bit. Okay. But I haven't heard, unless they've done an episode and I forgot about it, which is always a possibility. It's always. Has we take another sip of our wine. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, this week we're doing Albert Fish, which is just the worst. Um, let's just, a trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. That's a bad This one. shit, if you have a hard time with child abuse or cannibalism or child molestation and sexual assault you know i'll i'll warn you before the stuff gets real hairy but you know you this it might not be the episode for to, you to be fair i'm surprised they even thought to make a movie dude me too like, once cuz i i knew about albert fish somewhat i knew mm-hmm. that he there's some details about him that i knew and I knew that he killed children. And I knew nothing. And you knew nothing. And so then I was like, okay, yeah, they, they made a documentary. And then they made the movie we were doing this week, which is called The Gray Man, mm-hmm. which is like, it looks like a legit movie. <clears throat> it's a legit movie. I didn't know any of the actors in it, but it's a fucking movie movie. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, yeah, they made a movie about it. And then I started doing my research. I'm like, 
holy shit how are they gonna put this into a movie which is so funny because earlier in the week i had mentioned to you i'm like oh i think netflix just signed on to redo the gray man with ryan gosling and chris evans and you're like girl that's a wrong movie like no that's not possible that they would even consider i know playing a role or if they do that's very brave yeah it's not really putting it is not (laughs) it's like cia it's totally unrelated but it is called it is called the gray man but and in all fairness um i wanted to do hh holmes which is another fucking weirdo and leo dicaprio is playing hh holmes they they haven't made a a movie about him so Mm -hmm. scorsese and dicaprio are doing an hh holmes movie. something to look forward to everybody i guess yeah (laughs) maybe they'll get it made before the podcast gets canceled and we can do it but now i can really appreciate that strong reaction that you had because I'm like <laughs> like what? Ryan Gosling Are, is he sure he knows what he's doing I know to be fair a Jake Gyllenhaal sure but a Ryan Gosling yeah Jake Gyllenhaal who's one of my favorite actors of all time will he'll get weird yeah he'll get funky yeah he but could Albert be... Fish is also 155 right. years old in this so <laughs> all right fuck it let's do it Again, this is another one because there's some lengthy passages that I did not want to type up or that I didn't want to write out by hand. So B printed this out at work for me. And it's another oh one another that has no, a, no. a notice to recipient that this might uh, a wag of the finger contain some bad language, guys, mm-hmm. offensive or inappropriate content. Yeah, maybe just a tad. All right. You ready for Alba no, Fish? No. no. I got everything on good old Wikipedia and our favorite, allthatsinteresting.com, an article by Katie Serena. Katie, I'm so sorry you had to do the research for this article. I'm so sorry that I had to do the research off of your research to do this fucking podcast. God damn. So November 1934, 10-year-old Grace Budd has been missing for six years. There's no clues. There's no leads. Until her mother, Delia, receives an anonymous letter. It's a long letter. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It starts off talking about um, the person writing the letter, knew that in 1894 he had this friend that was like a captain on a ship and uh, whatever. He was somewhere in the world where they were starving and they had to sell children and cook and eat children and blah, 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 blah. And so this ship captain told the guy writing the letter how delicate and delicious children were to eat. Okay. So we will take it from there about how they would buy children and sell them to the butcher and blah, 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 blah. And how he would spank them and torture them to make the uh, meat more tender. Right. Yeah. More tender. Okay. Um, So then it says, on Sunday, June the 3rd, 1928, I called on you at 406 West 15th Street, brought you pot cheese strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her on the pretense of taking her to a party. You said, yes, she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester I'd already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off. I knew if I did not, I would get her blood on them. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to run downstairs. I grabbed her, and as she said she would tell her mama, first I stripped her naked. How she did kick, bite and scratch. I choked her to death, 
then cut her into small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms, cook and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though. I could have had I wished, but she died a virgin. This is the letter that poor Grace's mom gets. Yep. And when I tell you the bat's horrific, but the whole half a paragraph I skipped before that couldn't, was just as horrific. Right, couldn't even imagine. Um, and of course, there's no name on it. It's an anonymous letter, but, and I will tell you how this happens later, it does lead to the arrest of one Albert Fish, mm-hmm. a quiet, unassuming man. He looks like a gentleman, but is quite obviously a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. So Albert Fish is born in Washington, D.C. on May 19th, 1870 to his 75-year-old father and his mom, who's 43 years younger. So she's 32. And Albert is the youngest of four. Um, And his whole family has a history of mental illness, especially his mom, who has really bad hallucinations. Um, And Albert shows signs of that, too, but, you know, not as bad. And then when Albert's five, his dad dies and his mom completely spirals out and she can't take care of her kids. So she drops them off at the she ends up in an asylum and her kids end up in an An orphanage, orphanage. which if you can imagine a Victorian or late 1800s orphanage, Uh it wasn't a very nice place to be. So in the orphanage, obviously, the kids were abused. Um, They were beaten by their caretakers and the caretakers would even encourage the kids to you know beat each other up and i'm sure that was very hard for most kids albert fish fucking loved it yep. he loved the pain he loved the beatings and he starts to um, associate that type of pain and brutality with, with pleasure, pleasure sexual pleasure mm-hmm. so in 1880 when alf Albert. I almost said Alfred. When Albert's 10. <laughs> Don't disrespect Alfred like that. I know. I'm so sorry, Alfred. I'm the biggest Batman fan. Um, when he's 10 years old, his mom gets her shit together. Apparently, she's sane enough to hold down a job and she gets her kids back. At age 12, he starts a homosexual relationship with a telegraph boy. Hmm. Um, the boy introduces Fish to such practices as <clears throat> Eurolagnia. You know what that is? No fucking clue. Drinking urine. Oh. And coprophagia, which is eating feces. Oh, of course. So Albert begins visiting public bathhouses where he can watch other boys undress. And that's where he spends most of his free time. Or 12. Yeah. 12. Totally normal 12-year-old things. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I actually could see none of that other stuff. I could see if you were back then when being gay was absolutely unheard of. Obviously. Going to a bathhouse just to like. Well, yeah. Because. Check things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's probably. That's the, it. That's probably the only place where I can find common ground with Albert Fish. Oh, fuck me. God damn. I can't. Whew. All right. So 1890. He's 20 years old. He moves to New York. New York City. And he claims that he becomes a prostitute. And he starts also raping and torturing young boys with a nail-studded paddle, which is his favorite tool. But a lot of this is according to him. And he's it's hard to tell when he's telling the truth. He really loves giving gory, in-depth detail to the point where it's like... He's attracting the attention. Well, and he gets off on like 
kind of making people uncomfortable and like fucking with people's heads. So it's kind of hard to tell where to draw the line with old Albert. Manipulative. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So in 1898, his mom forces him into an arranged marriage with Mary Hoffman, who's nine years his junior, and they have six kids together. Um, And this time he becomes a house painter and he's still molesting young boys. And then he goes to a wax museum where he sees a wax figure of a dissected penis. And this starts his obsession with sexual mutilation. You just cleared something up for me. Keep going. Around 1910, Fish meets... 19-year-old Thomas Caden, and the two begin a sadomasochistic relationship. And it's unclear whether or not Albert forced Thomas to do these things um, because Albert himself implies that Thomas was intellectually disabled. So, you guys hear the train? Um... You know, who knows? It was so long ago, but rumor has it that this guy he was in a relationship with, you know, maybe had some learning disabilities, yeah. which makes it even more fucked up. Obviously, he can already take advantage of a perfectly like neurotypical person. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, after 10 days, Albert takes Ke- Thomas to an old farmhouse where he begins to torture him. The torture takes place over two weeks. Albert eventually ties Thomas up and cuts off half of his penis. Wow. Albert says, quote, I shall never forget his scream or the look he gave me. Um, he originally had intended to kill Thomas and cut up his body and take it home, but he was scared that the hot weather would draw too much attention with the smell and flies oh, and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So instead, Albert pours peroxide over his wound, wraps it in a Vaseline-covered handkerchief, leaves a $10 bill, and kisses Thomas Kidden goodbye and leaves. And $10 back then? <laughs> Whew. That's a lot of money. I don't know if it makes up for half a cut-off penis and no. two weeks of torture. But... No, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, where'd that extra $10 come from? Albert. Um, 1917, Albert. Surprise, surprise. His wife leaves him for right? another man. <sighs> Can't imagine why. Nope. She takes everything with her, all their possessions, except for her kids. Yep. She, she leaves <laughs> them with yep. this fucking psychopath. Uh-huh. And now Albert Fish is a single dad. You know, that's a tough spot to be in. And this is when um, his hallucinations really start to kick into high gear. He's kind of starting to spiral. And this is really, he's self-harmed before. This is where it gets taken up another notch. He starts embedding needles into his groin and into his dick and into his abdomen Um, And after his arrest, x-rays revealed that Albert had at least 29 needles lodged into his pelvic region. He also hits himself repeatedly with a nail-studded paddle and inserts wool doused with lighter fluid into his anus and sets it on fire. Oh, Um, And even though they say that Albert never actually physically harmed or abused his own children at least physically abused his own children. He did encourage them and their friends to paddle his buttocks, I would say ass, with the with a nail-studded paddle that he used to abuse himself, which that in of itself, even if he never touched his kids, is abuse. That's insane. The right. idea that your parent would ask you <laughs> and your friends. Could you imagine? Yeah, just come over and give me a whack. 
I wonder what he said to convince them or if it was just so long ago that kids just did whatever uh, they, they, they told. They did exactly told. what they were told. Absolutely. They did not question. It's so crazy. Um, and then he started to grow an obsession with cannibalism, often preparing himself a dinner um, of just raw meat and sometimes even serving that to his children. So during the night of July 14th, 1924, Nine-year-old Francis McDonald goes, Donald, goes missing. A search is organized and his body is found hanging by a tree in a wooded area near his home. He has been sexually assaulted and then strangled with his suspenders. According to an autopsy, McDonald had also suffered extensive lacerations to his legs and abdomen and his left hamstring had been almost entirely stripped of his flesh. Mm-hmm. Um. McDonald's friends told the police that he was taken by an elderly man with a gray mustache. A neighbor told the police he observed the boy with a similar looking man walking along a grassy path into the nearby woods. Francis's mom also saw the same man earlier that day. She told the reporters he came shuffling down the street, mumbling to himself and making queer motions with his hands. I saw his thick gray hair and his drooping gray mustache. Everything about him seemed faded and gray. As a result, the gray man was born. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Albert Fish has a ton of nicknames. The gray man really sticks, but I'll have to look up the other ones. I can't remember what they are. I feel like it's like the Piece vamp- of shit. <laughs> the vampire of Brooklyn. Um, okay. There's a bunch. Yeah. All kinds of cool. They had lots of cool names back then for pieces of shit. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I take a wine sip. Of course. How could we not? February 11th, 1927, three-year-old Billy. Okay, there's two Billies, so you got to pay attention. Oh. Three-year-old Billy Beaton and his 12-year-old brother were playing in an apartment hallway in Brooklyn with their friend four-year-old Billy Gaffney. So we got Billy B and Billy G. One is four. One is three and one is four. Okay. Billy B is three. Billy G is four. Okay. When Billy B's 12-year-old brother goes home... Both the younger boys disappear. Um, Billy B was found later on the roof of the apartments. When they asked what happened to Billy G, he said the boogeyman took him. Billy G's body was never um, recovered. On May 25th, 1928, Albert Fish sees a classified advertisement by an 18-year-old man, Edward Budd, looking for farm work, like side work. Yeah. On May 28th, Albert, then 58 years old, visit. By the way, if you see, I'll post pictures of him. 58 back then is not 58 nowadays. 58 back then, he looks 87. Okay. He looks way older than 58, but I'm sure that's just how 58 looked back then. Yeah. Um, visited the Bud family in Manhattan under the pretense of hiring Edward. He later confessed that he had planned to tie Edward up, mutilate him, and leave him to bleed to death. Uh, Albert introduces himself as Frank Howard, a farmer from New York. He promised to hire Bud and his friend Willie and said he would send for them in a few days. But then Albert fails to show up, but he sends a telegram apologizing for the setback and sets a later meetup date. So when Albert Fish returns, he meets Edward's younger sister, Grace Bud. Mm-hmm. He apparently changed his intended victim then and there from Edward to Grace and quickly makes up a story about having to attend his niece niece's birthday party. He somehow fucking convinces Grace's parents 
to let her accompany him to the party that evening. And Grace leaves with fish that day and is never returned. Albert takes Grace, dressed in her Sunday best for the party, to his house upstate, the same one he had intended to use as a torture chamber for her brother. According to the letter, letter sent to Delia Budd, along with his confession, Albert hid in an upstairs bedroom naked and while Grace picked wildflowers in the yard and then called Grace into the house and then his letter supposedly describes what happens next. Right. Um, Albert, so the reason they even caught Albert Fish for this was he wrote that letter on a piece of stationery that basically got tracked back to him. Yeah. You can look up in the article and on Wikipedia how that happened, but it seems confusing if I try to tell you how it happened. The point is he used this paper and they figured out that he had possessed it. Yep. Okay. He's arrested and confesses almost immediately because once again, he loves spilling the details of the <laughs> shit he's done. I don't know why, but I think he gets off on uh, it. Yeah, it's the attention. Um, And so he tells the police very excited about what he did to Grace and what he has supposedly done to dozens of other children. But he never admits to any involvement with Francis or Billy's cases. He's arrested for Grace's case. And that leads to charges for both, but not because of his confession at first. So for Francis's murder, several eyewitnesses positively identify Albert Fish as the odd stranger seen around Port Richmond on the day of Francis's disappearance. And as for Billy's case, a motorman on a Brooklyn trolley saw a picture of Albert in a newspaper and identified him as the old man who he had seen on February 11th, 1927. And this old man had been trying to quiet a little boy sitting with him on the trolley. The boy was wearing, was not wearing a jacket and was crying for his mother and was dragged by the man on and off the trolley. Police matched the description of the child to Billy. Detectives of the Manhattan Missing Persons Bureau were able to establish that Albert Fish was employed as a house painter by a Brooklyn real estate company during February 1927 and that on the day of Billy's disappearance, he was working at a location a few miles away from where the boy was abducted. abducted. Albert then writes the following letter to his attorney, and it's another brutal letter, and I haven't read it as much as the first letter, so I'm going to try Because why to would skim. you want to reread another wonderfully written letter I by know. Mr. Fish? So this might be a longer one, because I'm not sure what parts to cut out. Oh, jeez. Um, he says that he took the boy and brought him to the Riker Avenue dumps, and that there's a house there, and... That he burned the boy's clothes and he threw his shoes in the dump. And then he walked back. Yeah, he took the boy there. He stripped him. He got rid of his clothes. He left Billy there. Then he walked back and took the trolley home. And then the next day, he took tools and a good heavy cat of nine tails. <laughs> what the fuck? I think think it's now we have like cute little sexy ones i think for like snm people it's those ones that have like all the like almost like leather fringe and maybe like gotcha. little beads at the end yes but i have a feeling albert fish's was like much like the kind he would beat himself with yeah, yeah, but, yeah well yeah. he would be himself with nail studded paddles but i have a feeling that he had like a real leather yeah yeah, yeah. like mm -hmm. a scary one not mm -hmm. a sexy one um 
And he talks about all this fucking tools he has. Great. Says, I whipped his bear behind till the blood ran from his legs. I cut off his ears, nose, slit his mouth from ear to ear, gouged out his eyes. He was dead then. I stuck the knife in his belly and held my mouth to his body and drank his blood. Um, I picked up four old potato sacks and gathered a pile of stones. Then I cut him up. I had a grip with me. I put his nose, ears, and a few slices of his belly into the grip. Then I cut him through the middle of his body, just below his belly button, then through his legs about two inches below his behind. I put, guys, I'm making B cringe, and that's hard to do. It's just like, is this necessary? Um, and I don't know what a grip is. I, it doesn't matter. I put this in my grip, and with a lot of paper, I cut off the head, feet, arms, hands, and the legs below the knee. Then I put in sacks, weighed with stones, tied the ends, and threw them into the pools of slimy water you will see all along the road going to North Beach. <clears throat> and then he talks about the water and how he sank it once, and he comes home with the meat. I had the front of his body I liked best. His monkey and peewees had a nice little fat behind to roast in the oven and eat. I made a stew out of his ears, nose, pieces of his face and belly. Um, he starts talking about what he made He's with Hannibal it. He's Hannibal Lecter. Ve- yeah, he talks about the like the veggies and seasonings he used, um, how he roasted the onions and made gravy so the meat would be nice and juicy. In about two hours, it was nice and brown, cooked through. I never ate any roast turkey that tasted half as good as his sweet, fat little behind did. I ate every bit of the meat in about four days. His little monkey was as sweet as a nut, but his peewees I could not chew. I threw them in the toilet. Wow. I know that's fucking horrific and terrible and gross and horrible, but... That's Albert Fish. He wrote that letter. We don't know if that's what he actually did or if he's just elaborating being a weird fucking creepy disgusting monster Mm -hmm. i mean i hope for billy's sake and for grace's sake he didn't actually do those things Mm -hmm. but who knows um i'm sorry that was so disturbing we are both moms trust me it's not easy for us either um billy's mother elizabeth visited albert fish and sing sing accompanied by a detective and two other men, and she wanted to ask him about her son's death, but Albert refused to speak to her. Albert began began to weep and asked to be left alone. And after two hours of asking him questions through his lawyer, Miss Gaffney gave up, and she was still unconvinced that Albert was actually her son's killer. And they don't say why she was unconvinced. Um Maybe it's just too hard to wrap around the fact that that happened to your son. I could see that. Okay. Or yeah. maybe because there's no body. She doesn't want to give up hope that maybe it's still just a missing person's case. Wow. But um, the fact that this piece of shit had the nerve to fucking cry and beg to be left alone. Fuck you. That's crazy. You deserve to never be left alone for the rest of your fucking life. Um, March 1935, after the conclusion of his trial for Grace's murder... He finally confesses to the killing of Billy and Francis. When his confession was made public, the New York Daily Mirror wrote that the disclosure solidified Fish's reputation as, quote, the most vicious child slayer in criminal history. His trial begins in March 1935. He goes for the insanity plea. It's pretty obvious that he is crazy. But after 10 days, the jury has enough to convict Albert Fish to be executed. It is believed that Albert Fish killed three to nine children. But Albert Fish claims that 
he has a much higher count. Obviously. He claims that he had a child in every state. Of course. But he's also out of his fucking mind. Right. So he, who knows what to believe when yeah, it comes to Albert. The storyteller. World's biggest piece of shit fish. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, thank God he's executed by electric chair on January 16th, 1936. Although what I would say is I feel like he got off too easy. I wish he would have been in prisons nowadays being continuously oh, yeah. raped fucking, by inmates yeah. every fucking day of his miserable Except life. Except I th- I heard that they keep child molesters separate like, for yeah. that reason. Uh-huh. Yeah, but all you got to do is know the right guard. I know. And, just let it happen every once in a while. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm sure the guards hate those guys too. Every Obviously. once in a while they're going to be slow to react. Absolutely. But there you go. The horrible, twisted, disgusting, but- nauseating tale of albert fish so based on what you just told me in the movie i just read i'm getting like some pretty strong hannibal lecter vibes besides the fact that they're children i don't feel like he would do that to a child yeah, right he always went for like the adults that he found flawed in some way yes can i make two apologies about last week real quick oh please one i chewed my ice into the microphone last week and i know that <laughs> It's really distracting. <laughs> when I was listening back to him, like, Jesus Christ. I like the ASMR or whatever. Me crunching ice I... into And then also, I forgot to put at the top of the show that I messed up last week. It is not the Midnight Murders of oh, Texarkana. Yeah. It's the Moonlight, Moonlight Murders of Texarkana. I'm going to fix it on it's the website. the Lover's Lane, but whatever. <laughs> yes, but I just wanted to make clear, not that anybody cares or would ever comment on we any of our care. shit. It is the Moonlight Murders mm-hmm. of Texarkana. I apologize. And I like that name better. So, yeah. Moonlight Murders. Moonlight Murders. Murders. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Those are my two apologies from last <laughs> week. <laughs> All right. Tell me about The Gray Man. Okay. And it's a pretty recent movie, right? Like the 2000s? 2007. Yeah, that's that's pretty good mm-hmm. for how long ago of a case it was. Yeah, absolutely. And we had talked about it before we started um, recording. I don't think the movie actually ever said what year it was so i pieced it together that it's somewhere by like fashion and clothes and stuff or like cars and and the references yeah so i know it's somewhere between the 20s and the 30s um but it does it opens with like the opening credits and you hear a child being beaten and like I already don't like it repent for your sins and this and that Albert Fish was very religious I didn't go into it but that's a lot of the self-harm stuff was like all those wackadoos that like flog themselves absolutely so at the St. John's orphanage we start at the orphanage okay right so we see him being beaten we hear the whole routine and then we see all the children go through the same thing right Mm -hmm. um and then it flips to current where he's an adult and he continues to self whip himself. And that's why when you talked about the cat head with nine tails or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, I think they referenced it as like a flogger or something. It's like multiple belts yeah. hitting you all at the same time. And he beats the shit out of himself. And as he's doing that, he can see himself as a child in the orphanage. Like his ghost is haunting him. It's there almost mocking him in a way Ew. as he beats himself. Okay. And repents for his sins. So great way to start the movie, guys. I'm <laughs> super into it. And B knows nothing about it going in. No, not nothing. a clue. Mm-mm. No, great way. And um, 
Fish's son, who is a grown man at this point, for one reason or another, is down on his luck. He needs a place to stay. And you can tell that he really doesn't want to stay with his dad. I cannot imagine (laughs) why. But we don't know why. (laughs) Yeah. But as he's there, we are seeing things that, and we're piecing things together that something's off. There is a dead goldfish that he like keeps as a pet. <laughs> All the food in the fridge is either rotten or raw. Yeah. And like nothing normal, like no normal food whatsoever. Ugh. The males stacked up and they even um, discuss like how he has a problem sending offensive letters. <laughs> And, like, getting responses. So his son's kind of going through the mail or whatever. And his dad comes home and he's pissed. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I need a place to stay. I could go stay at my sister's house. But if you could let me stay here. Dude, go to your sister's house. I know. It's got to be a better place to be. That's what I'm saying. So in this apartment building that they're living in, Albert does, like, odd jobs, like you were saying. Like, he paints and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And while he's doing these jobs, he sparks a relationship up with a young boy. Probably four or five. Yeah, that's really young. Yeah, like Timmy. And he asks the mom, who happens to be the landlord, like, can I take your son to the films? Because I don't know that they have movies back then, but they have, like, yeah. Something similar. Depending on what, I mean, they never told you a year. Mm-mm. But I know that they would show. And they didn't reference it as a movie, but they, like to the films or like the pictures. Because I know or... that's where they used to get like um, like their news reports. Right. They would go see like footage of fucking whatever war they were fighting. Well, Smarty Pants Magoo denies <laughs> the request. Like, nope, stay the fuck away from my kid. Yeah. Like, pay your rent. You can be... A tenant or whatever. Ha ha. <laughs> and I will tell you, because there's always stuff that I leave out of the notes, because I feel like my I talk for too long on this podcast. Um, you guys but get sick of my voice. But it always comes back up in the movies, which it I does. love. It's my favorite part. It does. There are, there is somebody that he tries. I don't know if he's trying to take her, take them to the movies, or if he's just trying to take them off of wherever their like, yeah. home is. And I think it's a girl, and I think her parents are like, nope. Yep. Get fucking lost. And then there's also another time where he invites two boys into his house to like whatever. I don't yeah. know, have cake or something. And the boys start like roughhousing on his bed mm-hmm. and they discover under his mattress his torture tools oh. and the boys run away. Okay. So there are some near misses with the real life Albert Fish. So he writes this landlord a fucking letter <laughs> calling her out. You implied that I could take your kid out and then you declined my request and you're a fucking cunt and I'm going to do this and that to you and your family. Super violent and inappropriate. And again, the real Albert Fish had a real propensity mm-hmm. for Ooh, writing. I know you'd like that. I do. For writing very vulgar, aggressive mm-hmm. letters to women. For it being the 20s, 30s or yes. whatever and the use of cunt, I was like, oh, and I shit. I think he was even arrested for it. He was, first of all, he was arrested for grand larceny that I didn't put in there. Yep. And then it just felt like so much with the kids. Well, we, yeah, we kind of briefly get So there. he gets arrested for larceny and he also gets arrested at one point for these horrific, harassing letters, letters that he sends to women. Are really just above and beyond. Yeah. So obviously they get kicked out 
and the son does go to stay with the sister. Mm-hmm. The sister has nothing but good things to think about their father. Oh, and okay. like trashes him for the way he's so disrespectful. Like oh. our mother left us, left our father with six children to care for. Yeah. And he takes care of his family and he's this and that and whatever. I mean, she's got a point. Right. Trashes her brother. Like, how dare you speak poorly of our father? Dang. And he's yeah. all, you didn't just see what I just saw. No, for real. <laughs> like, Have you been over there lately? Dad legit tried to feed me raw meat, bitch. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Go over to his house sometimes. Anyways, so it all basically comes down to the fact that Albert has money. And we don't know why. You don't really know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But he's loaded for these times. And he's very flashy. Oh. He throws money at everything. Mm-hmm. And it just blinds people. The way that he could just pull these bills out. Mm-hmm. And totally just takes away from wh- who he really is. Randomly, we have a young boy's body found mm-hmm. hanging in the woods. Yep. Skin torn mm-hmm. from the bone. And the police um, who ask the kids that were with the boy that day, they're like, can you describe the man? They describe him as the gray man, mm-hmm. an old man, whatever. And the police are like, that just doesn't add up for them. Because the way that the body was mutilated and how it was hanging in the woods, they're like, an old man couldn't do this. Right. So they're almost like, is there an accomplice or are the kids just embellishing? Yeah. Like, Maybe he wasn't as old as they thought. Exactly. Like, can we really trust them? And now we're introduced to our detective. Mm-hmm. And this detective in the movie, he is not well liked. He has some issues where I guess he got kicked off the force and then gets let back on because he has friends. And not only does he get back on, he gets promoted. So Sounds about right. No one wants to work with him. Mm-hmm. And he's just odd in the way that he does things because, like, yes, fingerprints had been used in cases prior to this. They had been around since, like, the earlier 1900s, maybe even before. Okay. But he was super into it. Like, yeah. he thought that that was going to be the way he made a difference in this case. Could you imagine if that was the big technological breakthrough? No. And that that's why the cop trying to work with him was like, bro, you staring at these fucking fingerprints all day is not going to get us anywhere. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> How did you catch anybody for anything back then? Right. They must have had to do things right in front of these people to be caught for anything. For reals. Okay. And so, (laughs) Albert comes across this family who have these two, I was going to say, like, tweenish boys. What did you say? Like, he was 12, I think, the family. The oldest son was 12, but then his little brother was three, and the other kid was Mm -hmm. four. Right. So, in this family, we've got these two, like, 12-year-old boys. Yeah. That he is talking to the family and explaining how he owns a farm, but he can't manage it on his own if he could pay the boys to work from the farm. Yes. Those boys are Grace's older brother and his Correct. friend. Okay. Those are like young men, like 18 years old. Okay. And that is, that's where he meets Grace. Yes. Mm-hmm. And immediately diverts, right? Mm-hmm. Changes the whole plan right there on the spot, but he can't 
come up with a new story. So he's like, I'm going to go make arrangements. I'll come back for the boys. Mm-hmm. He sends them the telegram, which apparently back in the day was like a big deal to receive a telegram. Oh. Mm-hmm. And he comes back for the boys, but he has the excuse that it's his granddaughter's birthday. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, it would be great if Grace could attend as his guest. How? Why? Is it just parenting was so different back Again, then? Again, money. He flashes money at the mom, like I here guess. for your troubles, this and that. Money makes me more suspicious. To be fair, the movie made the mom look really bad. Which is not fair. We don't know anything about Grace's mom. Um, no, I, I know. Not to be fair on her part, but I'm just saying, like, in general. I know, but it's just hard to wrap your brain around why you would let your child leave with a stranger. And that was something I wanted. So not only was it the money thing, but they also made her, like, fame hungry. Like, okay. for the news attention and yeah. everything. Like, they, yeah, they did not all make. Right. I know. That's the one beef. With, they made them all look real bad. But anyways, so that he convinces them. Let him take her, and he takes her on a train out into the middle of nowhere, the whole thing. The flowers, the abandoned house, he gets naked, blah, blah, blah. We don't see any of it. We just see him walk into the house and her picking the flowers. I was wondering how they were going to handle it. Do they actually show this shit? No. And so then we kind of flash back and it's news reports of the missing girl Mm -hmm. and the cops are trying to figure out how to classify it because is it a kidnapping like they basically handed their daughter over to this guy it's true but they did it under the impression that that he was was gonna gonna bring bring her her back back. Mm -hmm. so then yes it is a kidnapping but he's not asking for any kind of money or anything and there's been no yeah but no, the daughter hasn't been returned. This is the way that they're treating it, though. Like, oh, my God. I, <laughs> like, well, he doesn't ask a ransom, so I mean. Yeah, no, this is the way they're eh, treating it. They're let just him have like, her. Yeah, they're like, we don't have a whole lot to indicate that he's intending to harm the little girl. Oh, my God. How horrific. Uh, so the only clue they have is the telegram. Okay. Okay. Which... The detective decides is his only thing, and he literally, back in the 20s, 30s, whatever, tracks down the originating branch that sent the original telegram. Wow. Like, impossible. Impossible. Well, as we mentioned before, we started the podcast. This was during Prohibition, so he didn't have any time to drink. He had to do something with his Could you imagine? No, obviously not. I would be in so many speakeasies. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyways, literally the telegram does nothing. (laughs) (laughs) It was all for naught. It got some handwriting and it found that he was using like an alias, the Frank Howard name. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But it really didn't get him a whole. And by the way, the handwriting thing, you can miss me with that shit because the handwriting analysis stuff didn't even start popping off until I think Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. He was the, I think it was Timothy McVeigh. Is he the Unabomber? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you're the true crime person. Whoever Why? whoever the Unabomber was, oh. if it was or was not Timothy McVeigh. I don't know if I could believe a word. Co- Are we going to talk about square mile again? <laughs> <laughs> we were very close in the square mile. Anyways, 
um, the Unabomber was, and that was like the like 80s or 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, the Anyways. past 50 years. That was the first time they did I handwriting can't. analysis. Right. So what the fuck? This movie. <laughs> I mean, maybe they were just ahead of their time. Uh, um, and then randomly. So the way that the movie like jumped back and forth for me didn't make any sense until you told your side of the story. Because, <laughs> My side of the story. Yes. <laughs> Fish now gets arrested. But not related to any of these crimes. It's for um, indecent exposure. No. He's found beating himself in an apartment building. Why? Like screaming these obscenities. And the woman Why? walks in on him and he's naked and exposes himself to her. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I get beating yourself. I get jerking off. Why do you got to do it in a random apartment screaming so, obscenities? Yeah. So she reports him. And he goes yeah, to no like. Shit. A hospital, not a jail, a hospital, mm-hmm. right? Where he has doctors. He's perfectly well taken care of. Well, he's rich. Mm-hmm. And while he's there, he convinces his daughter to then convince the doctors that she's perfectly capable of taking care of him and mm-hmm. managing him mm-hmm. and that he'll be fine mm-hmm. and that he should be released to her care, which they do. Perfect. Yes. Love it. So, as soon as he's released, he writes the fucking letter. Right. Right? Detailing everything. Yeah. Like, look what I've been doing, motherfucker. Yeah. Gross, disgusting detail. Right? But while he was in the hospital, shit went so sour for the police. They ended up, like, tracking down two wrong, wrongly accused men. One who was already in jail for another accuse, yeah. or another offense, and one that was like a bitter ex that was yeah. like just trying to be sour. That is true of the true crime case. Yeah, just, they had other people pinned for. I can't remember which murders, but there were. I. I mean, just so many false reports. Yeah, they yeah. don't know who to follow or what to do, which was why the telegraph was such a fucking waste of time. Like mm-hmm. he thought it was something, but with all the bullshit being fed to them, they didn't know what to follow. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, I just thought of a loophole in my own research, which, by the way, in multiple sources and nobody ever cleared this up for me. If the last person to be seen with grace was Albert Fish and he wasn't arrested right away for it and they get this anonymous letter why what happened where there's like a gap there why did nobody i'll have to do some more research did anybody talk to albert fish about the fact that grace never showed back up to her family's house so in the movie he refers specifically to her yeah in the letter he refers to her in the letter, too, but he doesn't sign his name. It's anonymous. Oh. And the only reason that they know it's him is because they tracked the fucking stationery to him. Got it. So, like, what happened there, guys? Where- and, and that was Frank Howard. Mm-hmm. Who's Frank Howard? Right, his alias or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah, that yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Oh, that's true. It's an alias, so maybe they couldn't track mm-hmm. Frank Howard. You solved it, B. Good job. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. He had, a ha- he had an alias. He had the alias. There we go. Okay. Okay, because I was like, what the fuck? Nobody questioned him? No. That makes sense. So 
the police are completely under fire for screwing up everything, which reminded me a lot about the changeling. The changeling. Yeah. Time, I mean, you know. No, the police were fucking garbage. Whoever lived through the 20s, man, what the fuck? Well, that's why Albert <laughs> Fish looked like he was 155 years old and he was 58. How did you guys survive anything? This is just crazy. You guys, like anybody listening to this was alive in the 20s. How you guys made it through, we'll never know. <laughs> but still, that's just so bizarre to and me. And in all fairness to the police fucking things up, what did they have to work with? I know. So again. Hearsay? Yeah, this one detective who tracked down the telegraph that did fucking nothing. The fingerprints that did fucking nothing. Yeah. Right? <sighs> Anyways. The movie indicates nothing about time passage between the letter and oh. the, right. You had mentioned like six years. It was six years since she disappeared. Yeah. And then six years later is when they got the letter. Right. So anyways, during this time, the detective fucking has a mental breakdown <laughs> because the case goes nowhere. It basically gets shelved, makes him look like garbage. He cannot drop it. Like he is haunted yeah. by this case, has a full blown meltdown. While he's in the hospital for this is when the letter gets sent by Fish. Oh, my God. Makes it worse. Yep. The mom never gets to read the letter. Oh, why it's not? intercepted by her son, the one that was intended to mm-hmm. go to the farm. Yep. And he takes it immediately to the detective. What a good son. Mm-hmm. And it's the stationery. They piece it together. Mm-hmm. Find the address that all the mail's going back to. They get to that apartment and the landlord's like, yes, this is his apartment. No, I haven't seen him in months, but Mm. he is still getting mail that he will every once in a while come and collect. Mm -hmm. So do what you will with this. Mm -hmm. The detective decides to stay. He waits and it pays off. Mm -hmm. Albert comes to check his mail. And when he's confronted, he tries to stab the detective and I, sw- I really think it was with, like, a letter opener. <laughs> because it was, like, a small, th- like, long, thin blade. I'm like, that just made sense to me. Like, he's coming to check his mail. I'm thinking it's... He a- has just a letter opener yeah. uh-huh. at the ready. Yeah. While he's in custody and he does his whole body search or whatever, they find the 29 sewing needles. Yeah, in yeah. his groin, which Come he on. said was to help keep away his sickness. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. He firmly believed that what he was doing couldn't be wrong because in the eyes of God, mm-hmm. if it was wrong, God would have sent an angel down to stop him. Of course. And I believe the real Albert Fish, it was close to that. He actually thought that God was telling him to do these things. God okay. wanted him okay. to fucking... Uh, rape, kill, and eat children. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And my movie ends with Fish sentenced to death by electric chair, and he smiles through his execution. Well, he's crazy as shit. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, so knowing absolutely nothing going into that movie and just kind of trying to judge a book by its cover i'm like oh this is gonna be slow and boring and this and that and god i was really surprised it really pulled it out for you so on our scale of one to five skulls i'm gonna give it a three all right Mm -hmm. a nice b average yeah i'm gonna give it a three it's a good movie 
Um, besides the fact that it was a little confusing, right? Again, like you clarified a lot for me. Oh, and I did. Oh, I forgot. So I commented while you were talking about the wax. Yeah, the wax museum. Okay, so when he gets arrested the first time and gets sent to the hospital mm-hmm. for being crazy, they're searching his apartment and they find these weird things. And I couldn't tell if it was like a carrot or a candle or whatever and they ask they're like what are these like what do you do with these and he's like i shove them up my ass obviously (laughs) and again for the 20s and 30s i'm just like who is this man (laughs) albert motherfucking fish like oh my gosh just crazy how dare he have such a cool fucking name i know Albert Fish. Albert Fish. You have a cool name and you're a piece of shit. You don't deserve the last mm-hmm. name Fish. And I don't know about in real life or not, but the daughter stuck it through to the end. Like, never. I don't, I didn't read anything about his kids. Yeah. She never wanted to believe that. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, she's like, obviously, I knew about the letters, but I never thought that he would actually act out on those letters. There is a case. I don't know what case it is. I don't know who's involved. I don't fucking know. I heard it on um, uh, Sword and Scale. And it was basically they were trying to break up like a pedophile ring. Mm -hmm. And it was this very dark, like, what do they call that? Like the dark web. Mm -hmm. And these gross, disgusting chat rooms where Albert Fish wannabes talk to each other. Okay. And they talk like, Albert Fish's letters. So they talk about the way they want to harm children, the way they want to cut up and cook children and this, that, and the other. And so they were trying to like bust this pedophile ring. But the problem is you can't tell what's real and what's fiction. Because if you try to track these people down, of course, what they tell you is that's just us writing about fantasy. That's not real. We're just like pretending or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then you can't figure out who would actually harm children and who's just being fucking sick weirdos online. Mm-hmm. So that's what that made me think of that where she's like, no, he was just talking about it. Like, yeah, but if you ha- if your brain goes there, something's fucking wrong in the get. Because like reading those letters by Albert Fish was shit that I never wanted to hear. I've never thought of like that's so far away from Anything where my brain would ever go. And that, you know me with horror ugh. movies. Don't fuck with animals. Don't fuck with kids. Unless they're creepy haunted kids and then it's fun. I mean, yeah. Usually the creepy haunted kids win. <laughs> yeah. Creepy haunted kids are scarier than anything. But like actual children, I know. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Yep. All together a terrible fucking case. But hey, we got him out of the way. We got through it. And it sounds like the movie it kept was a, pretty close it, to the case. It was a good movie. It was a good case. I mean, it's, I almost feel good knowing about these things because it's just like, it is a piece of history. It shouldn't go unnoticed. Well, and that's why I wanted to read at least a good portion of the letter because as horrific as those letters are, you know, somebody had to read that and somebody had to actually live through that and we shouldn't just forget it or gloss over it because right. it's uncomfortable you know, we got to you still got to talk about it because that asshole still wrote that shit and <coughs> fuck him. He doesn't deserve to be let off of his crimes because so much time has passed that we all forget about it. Nope. We're going to read about it. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to keep talking about what a piece of shit Albert Fish was. Absolutely. Um, 
I know I was going to ask you, like, how is it for you with this podcast? You get to watch, like, new movies every week. Like, a lot of times it's movies you've never seen before. And it's really out of my comfort zone. These are movies I would never watch. I would never watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I enjoyed it, and I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's making me think that it... It's opening me up to other things. Like if I can appreciate something like this, then maybe I could sit down and appreciate like an old movie with my dad, which oh. I've always just taken for granted. Right. Like did your dad watch old movies? He does all the time. Like really old or like 70s? Like AMC, like old classic movies. Turner classic movies. Yeah. T- TCM. Yeah. Whatever. I love those old movies. I watch them with my Aunt Kathy a lot. Yeah. That's how I found out that Paul Newman was hot. See. I always thought he just made popcorn and lemonade. Mm -hmm. I had no idea he was a fucking hot ass actor back in the day. And Nick is so into like documentaries and like. Yeah, me too. Right. Which I never really was before. And so it kind of gives me a different outlook on that. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what this blue hair is doing to Bailey. I feel like it's changing her personality a little bit, B. Because normally B has her printed out notes highlighted in a little binder thing. I only work two days this week. B shows up, printed out notes, not highlighted. Nope. The N is missing from the title gray man. It just says gray ma. I wasn't sure if you were going to notice Oh, I noticed right away. But thank you for calling me out on it because I totally noticed. And And then it's not in her little presentational portfolio binder thing. And as she's reading the pages, each page, she just throws over her shoulder (laughs) into the universe, which is the pod shed. Just just a casual toss. Blue hair is really changing, like, Bailey. Why did I even hole punch it? <laughs> Dude, but you, why did you hole punch it? It's why a good did question. I even hole punch it? Between uh, the uh, fucked up year that's 2020 and her blue hair, Bailey's really changing uh, as a person. <laughs> I I told Stephanie like via text earlier today, I think I'm truly living my most authentic self. Yeah, I'm here for it, no, girl. Let's do it. The fact that once a week, I get to dress up in character, mm-hmm. play a part, look into something I've never looked into before, you know, watch a movie, learn something new, get drunk with my best friend, and recap on my shitty television choices. Like, yeah. what? Well, it's what? great. What a great idea I had. It can't. I could tell, um, I've been thinking about this a lot. I could tell right when I pitched it, because y'all, the B I know and love when I was going to pitch her this podcast, you were not looking. You I had backup arguments yep, ready. Mm-hmm. I had my waiting game ready. You felt a strong no. The B I know and love with all of my heart. I'm a dick. I thought I was going to pitch this to her. She was going to shoot me down. I was going to counter argue <laughs> it and then let her sit with it. All right. Like, let me look wait into it. her out. And then normally if you wait her out long enough, she might come around. Um, but B jumped on it right away, which I was shocked. To be fair, if you had approached me in any other year. Besides 2020. I probably would have been like, bitch, you're fucking out of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, it's my, it's, we're grownups. Yeah. And so you were just bored enough mm-hmm. to want to do something different. Mm-hmm. So here we are. And I'm so glad that you didn't fight me on it. And now you're having a good time. 
Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Right? I'm out of my comfort zone. I've got the hair I've always wanted since I was 12. Yes, girl. Like most authentic me. You're getting it, people. It's all for you, my podcast people. It's the best, even if there's all three of you. So your look this week, we try to dress up like the gray man. Yeah. We have a uh, well, at least tie. from the waist up. Yeah, from the waist down, it's like casual shorts. It's still shorts technically and 80 outside. <laughs> it's 80, 70s, 80s, which to us right now feels like 30s, 40s because we've been in right. the hot summer for so long that 70s, believe it or not, feels like 40. But yeah, I got it all. I got the full white collar, long sleeve work shirt i got the naughty tie i got the sweater vest i got the full jacket i got the hat i got it all yeah i'm officially a piece of shit can't wait i know neither can i <laughs> officially a piece of shit mm-hmm. let's do it should we put your hair in like a little bun so it doesn't look so long oh absolutely yeah yeah we'll hide the hair so her look of the week will be on thc podcast that's on instagram i always post pictures of the case the week the movie don't think you're gonna get out of this without talking to me about married at first sight <laughs> why do you do this to me every week because i haven't been watching it why i've been in my even friends <laughs> i'm in england right now baking cakes all right that's fine how far are you because if i'm in way... the exact same spot i was last week okay well then no then we can we'll talk d- about it no we'll tell me it. about it i want to hear about it i can't i don't want to ruin it i'm just going to be watching great british bake-off you okay might as well ruin then it. i might as well ruin it and then we'll just stop because i still have like a half a glass of wine after i drink before we can we walk have... back to the house I, i'm ashamed we have not been drinking enough or this case In all has fairness, been too depressing or... again our friend ben is here i know it feels like every weekend you guys it's like once a month maybe leave a comment but the <laughs> the point is i started drinking white claws way before you showed up well that's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be if I'm the only one who knows how to work the podcast equipment and, and I physically can't right, do it. Right, can't do it. Okay. Anywho, yeah, no, tell me all about Married at First Sight. I'd love to hear about I'm it. Because I'm deep. I'm almost done. Again, the religious couple that last time I checked in, they were doing great. Everybody's moved in with each other. They live with his little brother. She's older and more financially secure, but his maturity is right there with her. He's ready to be a husband, a grown man, yada, yada, yada. Right. That's one. The other one is our favorite couple. They're all lovey-dovey and love each other. We feel you feel like she's a 10. I don't agree. But the point is, is that looks wise, she would seem like maybe a little out of his league, but she's super into him. He's a great guy. He's really sweet and funny. And there, last time I checked, they were doing great, all beautiful, new wed love. Then there's the third couple where the the woman is in it to win it. But then this dude who is very awkward and shy and has never lived with a woman or ever been in love, like really starts putting the brakes on like on the honeymoon. He's like, I think we should just be friends. What the? You got married and you think you should just be friends, my guy? And so... That's where we were last time I checked on them. And they had all been living together for at least two episodes when I stopped watching. And for the most part, besides the middle couple, we've done a full, a full we've flip. We've done a full 180. Yeah, a full yeah. flip. So we'll start with the religious couple. Which, by the way, I keep forgetting about this. But I might have had a fever dream 
when I was watching it at the beginning. But was she the one because they had slept together right away and she said that nobody's ever made her orgasm. Correct. And she's like, and that didn't change last night. But and I'd like to address that. Yes. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about orgasms. The way that she's saying it, she's saying straight up that she has never had an orgasm, which I interpret as meaning she's never even tried to give herself. I orgasm. interpreted it as no one's made her have an orgasm. No, I, I think she's, period, never had an orgasm. And she's 30. So that's what I'm saying. <sighs> and it could be part of the religious aspect. I don't know. Or just in general, coming from a very conservative family where a thousand percent. sex is looked at a certain way. A thousand percent, which I would totally get. But in my opinion, no way is she going to be able to have a man that she's only known for weeks have her orgasm if she doesn't even know how to make herself Right. She can't orgasm. help him out at all. Like, until you can figure out your own body, how do you have the ability to explain that to another person? I mean, amen. So he's going in blind with these high expectations. However... Assuming that he's a grown man who's had sex before, he should understand where the clitoris is for sure and what that does. I feel like he's really trying, and I. But you know how it is, B. She could just be too in her head, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like until she can figure it out for herself, I really feel like it's in an internal battle because she is very kind of type A. Mm-hmm. She's very like I said, I can head. totally relate to her. I absolutely can. <laughs> Except for when it comes to this part. Right. But yeah, but I think she might just be too in her head. Right. Anyways, why were we talking about that? Because it's huge. It's a huge part of their relationship. Do, do they ever talk about her having an orgasm or that's just it the It comes end of up it? every time one of the or when, experts when the sexologist whatever yeah. i can't remember her name, whenever she shows up they always talk about the chocolate have you found the chocolate yet have you oh, ta- that's their code have word. you tasted the chocolate yet she's like no i haven't fucking found the chocolate yeah she might loosen up a little bit if she has an orgasm i'm just like girl you have to figure it out and that's why i'm so convinced i'm like if you can't get yourself off no one else is going to get you off like you I just can't ima- what a life to live right you poor, you just gotta woman. figure it out just get it you figure it out for yourself and once you do you'll know exactly what's up i you mean got honestly this. even though she's technically technically not a virgin if you're 30 years old and never ever once had an mm-hmm. orgasm you might as well be a virgin what are you having sex for what is the point of it all and that's what i'm saying so i'm really confused what's going on there but she changed her name to his last name yes She's committed. Right? Huge. I've never seen anybody do that. It took me 10 years right. to change my last name to my husband. I did it right before. You learned this week. I'm still half and half, depending on what <laughs> utility bill it is. <laughs> <I'm> a- <laughs> it's so true. So am I, because my last name on my debit card is my maiden name. Yeah. So there are things that I still use my maiden name for just because if they have it's to match convenient. it up to my debit card, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. No, it's just convenient. No. So yeah, depending on what utility bill, but yeah, she changed her name. That's huge. I've never seen anybody in my five seasons do that. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. I do like her husband a lot. I feel like he's really in it for the right reasons. But they cannot communicate at all. They fight like crazy. So the two most recent fights that I can think about 
It's Labor Day. They have a rooftop party. Her best friend is a man. Mm-hmm. He comes to the a party. Man. A straight single. Okay. So her husband immediately is just like, as another man coming towards you, like, this is my wife. This is my woman. Yeah, like, what are wants, your intentions? He wants respect. He, he wants literally is coming plane. at him like, what are your intentions with my woman? And yeah. it's like, this is my best friend. Yeah, that'd be weird. Right? This would be like someone coming at you, but not. So that obviously becomes a huge conflict. His boys kind of try to like back him up. And that really sets Sheila off the wife. She's like, no, 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 no. You're all ganging up on my best friend now. Like, and yeah. I'm not going to tolerate And it's this. rough because just because we're married, don't forget, I've only known you for like two weeks. Yeah. Like this versus is my best friend. Yeah. This is not going to happen. And so they go downstairs and this is the first time that I feel like it's addressed that she has a big problem being filmed. Oh, she doesn't want to be on camera anymore. Why does she sign up for reality show? Exactly. She doesn't want to show any emotion on camera. She doesn't want to have any serious conversations. on. Well, the- yeah, but she's like you in that regard. That would be you. But again, what did you sign up for? I know you wouldn't have signed up for it anyways, but I feel like if you would have signed up for it, as soon as they uh, asked you to but like, I know myself well <laughs> yeah. enough to know you would have done it in the first place. Yeah. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, absolutely. I can relate to her. I can. But tot- why did you sign up for a reality then why show? Why are you on this show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's standing there like, I need you to talk to me. No, period. I'm done. Like, I want nothing to do with you. I'm over it. And it's like, no, that's not what you signed up for. And also, um, maybe it's just, you think it's going to be one way. And then once the reality of cameras being in your face mm-hmm. hits you, it you react differently than you think. And we are react. pretty deep in the relationship at this point that it's going to get old. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to be real hard. <laughs> My truly is like frozen to the bottom. <sighs> OK. There's no mango. So you can't hit oh, the okay. wrong can. <laughs> <laughs> every can is every, the right every can. Every can is the right can this time. Okay, so she has a problem being filmed. Okay. So that's too bad. I'm sure she signed a contract or something. That's one big fight. They managed to get over that. Off camera, they have a fight that we don't get to see. Where apparently he says something to her about her past relationships that hits below the belt. Oh. And she's refusing to get over it. We're, what was it? We don't know. Oh, my God. Because it was off camera. And they won't tell us. And guess what? They learn from their motherfucking mistakes because I know that at least the last season, at least season nine. I can't remember about season eight. Season nine, they have those little like like hidden bird eye cameras or whatever for to film for when the camera crew isn't there. So oh. that way in case there's a big blow up fight and they're not filming. Because this happens with another couple too where yeah. they're not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they learn from their mistakes. So they do start filming them in like little nest cameras. Okay. So in case there's a blow up, at least you have some kind of footage. So we don't know what he says. He apologizes profusely. Like he is like doing everything. She moves the fuck out. She's done. Oh. We're like a week away from decisions and she's like, I'm out. Oh, shit. I want nothing to do. Damn, maybe I will catch up. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'll start watching it. I'll make Ben watch it this weekend. Yeah. Let's move on to the double A's, Ashley and Anthony. Those are the ones we like? The ones, yep, the perfect couple. Same issues, typical problems. She won't take his last name. Okay. 
In all fairness to her, she's only known him for like three weeks. Right. And she's like, I'm not saying now. She's like, sure, I get that we would want our kids to have the same name, but that's the next problem is... Kids? She's ready for kids yesterday. Kids? Yesterday. Bailey, how big of a commitment is children? The... I they're the biggest. Like, I I can't make. even put a number on it. Like quadruple ten bajillion thousand. It's the biggest commitment you can make with somebody because if you're the doing best it, and worst decision I've ever made in my life, like it's a thousand and ten twenty percent. And by the way, she wants kids, but she's not ready to change her last name. What are you talking about? And she's trying to argue that she was willing to do it on her own. She's like, well, I had this idea that once I hit. 30 i would do this and if this didn't happen then i would do it's like again this isn't what you signed up for no one's talking about the what ifs that you had planned for yourself this is about the marriage that you signed up for man i can't imagine right so these are huge issues that they're totally just kind of brushing under the rug like eh, we'll figure it out when we figure it out but it's creating little fights here and there yeah Because you can't ignore big issues like that. You got to be on the same page. And then the other couple is just a nightmare. Still. But the way that you described it, I would flip it. It's not on him. It's on her. Really? Yes. Last time I watched it, he was very weirded out by the whole situation. Because they won't have sex and he doesn't know what to do about it. But isn't he the awkward one who's like, no, the way can that I kiss you now? The way that he approaches it is very awkward. Yeah, so that's not going to turn her no, on. No, I agree. I wouldn't be turned on either. But if you're married to someone and you're in it a thousand percent ready to do this. You got to figure it just out. Just fuck. Just get it over with. It's <laughs> going to be bad. Period. Who yeah. cares? Learn. Right. Figure it out. You're married. Yeah. Just fuck. Yeah. Who cares? like i mean it's not solid advice guys (laughs) period i'm sorry i just i don't get it because here's the problem his brother who also went through the process with him Mm -hmm. who didn't get matched Mm -hmm. met her maid of honor oh my god and they're all lovey-dovey at the wedding yeah they're hooked they're fucking let's watch their show they're holding hands they're canoodling they're kissing and here's something about the show i've never realized so i've never heard this word ever until i watched the show romantical i've never heard that either (laughs) it's okay so it's it's from season i don't know three like the jersey New York, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the girl's like, oh, it's so romantical. Oh, that sounds very Jersey. I right? hear Snooki <laughs> saying it in my head right now. But I feel like it's carried over because each couple ever since has reference. Oh, it's so romantic. I'm like, I've this never. This episode's in where? This season? Is it Florida? No, Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta? Atlanta. So we're still kind of in the eastern yeah. part of the united romantical. states romantical romantical <laughs> that's so funny but he's putting it in he's like i get it so he plans like sexy date nights takes her Aww, dancing takes trying. her right everything doing everything he can and he just keeps bringing it up like can we please just kiss can we 
They're not holding hands. Can we dry hump? <laughs> they're not sitting together. Like there's Yeah, you gotta at least try. You gotta fake it till you make it. Zero affection. Yeah, you her. gotta fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. She's probably just not attracted to him. And I but the problem is is the wedding night, they would have fucked. Mm-hmm. They were into it. They were all in that night and they waited. This brings me back to my point. So to your, your theory, yeah. Your advice is just fuck. My advice kind of tail ends that with just drink. All these people need to be drinking more alcohol. A, a copious amount. Every date night they have their old fashions because that's no, like. That's great. Get hammered. I know. Hammered on those old fashions. Get almost blackout drunk. Then have sex. Get it out of the way. This, Oh, it's your phone this episode, I see. Ba- I told you blue hair is changing Bailey. This bitch never has her fucking notifications no, on her phone. Never. Here we are. Not even for you. I know. Of co- ne- uh, never for me. Never That's, for you. How long have we had cell phones for since we were teenagers? Um. Anywho, no, drink. Drink more alcohol. Yeah. Whatever you're drinking now. Drink more of it. But either way, I feel like he's putting in way more of the effort. But don't you think if she got soup, if they both, not one of them, because you don't want to take advantage of somebody. If they both got drunk and then had gross, weird, sloppy sex. And just get it it out of the way. Out of the way. It gets everything out of the way. And we can evolve from there. You have a penis. She has a vagina. You're married. Put them together. It either works or it doesn't. Like, oh my god! You should send them an out. email, Bailey. <laughs> Listen, right, I know they, exactly. They what's have going a wrong. whole sexologist that talks to you about chocolate and bullshit. Like it's not hard. Get it's not, drunk yeah. and fuck. Just figure it. How many out. relationships have been made on that premise? But to be get fair, drunk and fuck. Literally, in one of the episodes, he's like. I went to the grocery store. I walked He's the dogs. I cleaned the house. I made the dinner. Girl, like, I'll fucking. And that's why I was like, bro, dude, can I give you head and then we can fuck after? Because are you kidding me? I'll that's fuck my you. ideal night. Yeah. I'm like, when Nick does the dishes, try to stop me. Yeah. Try to fucking stop me. Yeah. <laughs> All those things. Yeah. You're getting it, buddy. It's everything. Like, come on. And then she like plans this sexy s'mores night by the fire yeah okay great i exactly and he's like is there sex involved (laughs) fuck the s'mores can i kiss you are we gonna sleep down here and like and it's so fucking weird i'm like oh my god just put your penis on their vagina I can't. Oh my god. That's so hard. That's but that's what not. he said. I know, but it's not. <laughs> that's what he said. So they're just a mess. If Sounds I like if it. I had to predict <laughs> if I had to predict for next week since we haven't watched the finale and I'm sure we're going to talk about it next week. I'd say that so it's Trey and Sheila. I say they stay married. Do you? Yep. I based, do. Based on what? What? Religion? Or? No, no, no. Just based on, I, I really feel like they'll stay married. Okay. I feel like they'll figure it out. I feel like their mindsets are the same. I feel like they're on the same page. They're and, just two up and down. And if she's having that big of a problem with the cameras, I bet you. She does want it. She just wants those cameras to go away. So she'll stay married 
in the hopes that they'll figure it out. Okay. Once the cameras are out of her face. Okay. I really do. Because they both really do seem committed. Mm -hmm. They seem like they're on the same page. I think that Ashley and... What's the name? AA? Yeah, AA. Anyways, the lovey-dovey couple. Anthony. That they will stay together, but Mm -hmm. that they will eventually get divorced. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Because they are almost too perfect because they refuse to talk to each other. Very small conflicts are becoming very big deals. Yeah. And it's just... Yeah, they'll be one of those ones where they stay married and then divorce in like three months or whatever. She's going to put too much pressure on the having the kids and... I mean, like, you got to be 100% ready. Uh, I mean, you don't have to be, but it's preferable. Yeah, it's it's going to it's gonna be a thing. And then the other couple for sure is divorced. They're, I'm surprised they've made it this long for the cameras. Absolutely. They're total friend zone. <laughs> and yeah. it drives me crazy. I'm like, Dude, oh. girl, what if his... I'm talking to the girl at Married at First Sight. Girl... What if his dick game is so strong and you're not even giving you're him a chance? You're not even trying. I get it. You give it a chance. It doesn't work out. But you're uh, married. Just give it a shot. Right. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Well, like, I guess we'll find I've, out next week. I've had really bad sex that's turned into really good sex. You got to work at it a little bit. You got to work it out. I mean, the first time, it's you, you're like, there's kinks and bumps and things i mean it's it's a learning experience and if you don't give yourself that chance yeah for sure but you're also talking about people or person who you were already attracted to because you liked their personality so much but that's the thing you they, liked they them so fucked. much they would have fucked yeah but they don't have percent. they don't have what you're talking about yeah where it's weeks months however right. long of like a relationship building for sure where it gets to the point where when it's time to do the deed and it doesn't work out the way you would hope yeah. you know you like that person so much that you're like fuck it i'll try it again let's let's go again and let's that's try to work I it out i love that you're rooting for your couple that's against your theory because they fucked the soonest i mean i'm not necessarily rooting for them but i just see i i could see them working out they seem like too mature She's a little emotional. God forbid his mom be wrong or his mom be right. Yeah. <laughs> she's a little bit of an emotional roller coaster, but she's never had a fucking orgasm. How emotionally sane is one person supposed to be if they've never had an orgasm before? I know, right? What kind of common sense could you have? For real. Um, what? We got to stop talking about it. I'll ask you off air. We have got to stop talking about Married at First Sight at some point. So. Second half of the podcast. Oh. Um. THC podcast on Instagram, THC true on Twitter. There is a Facebook page and there's fans. People are joining our Facebook page. It's making me do more stuff on the Facebook page because I know it's normally the ugly stepchild that I ignore completely. Absolutely. So now the attention that I put into IG and Twitter, I put into the Facebook. That's awesome. The three or four people that joined our Facebook group, you made that happen. So I will be... Posting the same stuff that I post on other social media. Um, we do TikToks occasionally because that is our actual true love is TikTok. Which I didn't do enough this week and I'm like feeling withdrawal. 
I did a bunch, but I'm in a weird part of TikTok where it's not like it's, it's a lot of people great. talking. Yeah. I got to figure out a way to change my algorithm back to more fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but yes, no, we we're on TikTok. In fact, some guy just liked almost all of our videos out of hey. nowhere. So I was like, hey, sir, Hello. I see you. But yes, we are on Hi, sir. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are on all pod streaming. Pod streaming? Is that a thing? Is that a real thing? <laughs> it is now. It is now. All pod streaming channels, you baby. Took the words out of my mouth. I'm like, yep. Yeah. Uh, Spotify. What are the other ones? Pandora, Podbean, oh, iHeartRadio. All of them, except for fucking iTunes. I know. One day, one day we'll be on iTunes. Until then, I don't know what to tell y'all. Tell your friends, tell your family, leave a comment, because we will respond. I am in charge of all of our social media. Me, M, Mariah. I will comment back to you, unless it's a negative comment. Then, I I, I probably will still tell you to fuck off. Anywho, leave us a comment, like, subscribe. And we really appreciate you. If you're listening, we really appreciate it. Anything else, B? Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. We will see see you next time. Bye.